This is War Room Moments, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and most relevant people on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. War Room Moments is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board. Here's your host, Jason Miller. Hey, welcome to the War Room, Brett. Good to see you again, buddy. Hey, I'm glad that you have me. Yeah, glad to have you on the show today. And uh, it's been a little bit of time since we were in Nashville together. And uh, hope things have been good and business has been well for you. And we love to start the show out with a simple question. And, and that is, you know, what was your journey like? kind of growing up and, you know, did you come from a family of entrepreneurs or, or, you know, professional people? What did that look like for you kind of growing up your, your journey? Mm -hmm. So my family on both sides of my family, they weren't academic. People were Mm -hmm. from Arkansas and Oklahoma and they, they're, you know, farmers, people who did a lot of manual labor. And my father was, he owned a, um, a construction company that where we would go out and lay asphalt in Los Angeles. He did it for 42 years. I did wow. that job for about 10 years in the summertime. As soon as I was able to start sweeping, shoveling, my dad put me to work. Um, so in terms of from like academically, no, there, I'm the first person in my family to get my, my bachelor's degree, first person to get my MBA, and I'm going to be the first person to get my doctorate next mm. month. So it's been a fun ride. Um, But the one thing I will say is my father, he is an entrepreneur at heart. I've seen him work like when he does his sales calls, I would used to come with him when we would go to potential projects and I would listen to how he talked to people, what he would say, how he would mold the conversations, how he would answer questions. And he would go through again and again and again, knowing there are going to be certain things they're going to ask that he has to affirm. So in terms of business, yes, I come from a family where there's a strong acumen related to sales and what my dad would always call common sense, street Mm -hmm. smarts business, but not a lot of academia. So over the last 20 years, I've been able to go to school. Parents helped me out when I was younger. Uh, I was able to learn things academically in terms of how to do business, finance, marketing, digital marketing specifically, and then also use the things that my dad taught me as a kid, like this is how you interact with human beings to make them know, like, and trust you. That's that's probably the biggest thing that he's taught me, you know, in my entire life. Yeah, yeah. So did that experience after that, is that what led you down the path to get into marketing and SEO? And Because clearly you've been doing the SEO thing for a long time and you're like the uh, probably one of the most uh, sought after people to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, in the market today, but what what led you to that? What got you to just really want to be a part of that? So about twenty years ago, I was having a conversation with my wife, and I've told only a few people this. We were talking about her current job. She worked at a bank in Texas, and mm-hmm. she had been robbed a few times. And we don't know if it was at gunpoint or not because the person, the last person who robbed her, had his hands in his pants, and he started counting down from ten. So she threw her money at him done. Um, That situation led her to having anxiety and stomach issues. And I said, let's do something where we can 
you know, work together or get you out of this. So I was, I was doing a lot of like um, consulting with small and medium sized businesses. I sold myself into a position with an agency in Ohio at a later point. But before that, we decided to create a company where we both could work together to where I could get her out of the banking industry and make it to where when she goes to work, she doesn't feel sick every single day. So she kind of laughed and was like, how are you going to make any money doing anything related to this? And I said, there wasn't Google. There were meta search engines like Google wasn't even around and or they weren't popular per se. Right. So we created the company primarily to get her out of that situation. And so we created it. And then I was working with another agency. So I literally created it with her. She fired me the next day because I didn't want to have a conflict of interest with the company that I was working with. So I helped her establish that. And then literally nights and weekends and on my lunch breaks, um, I would go out and I had a, a partner that was in Missouri, who was a web developer who was like, hey, let's let's get some SEO clients. So I was literally making phone calls on my lunch break at nights and weekends to help fund you know, my wife's funnel in terms of businesses. So that was really what led me down the path of going deeper in relation to SEO. Yeah, interesting. And you know, so there's there's so many of these, and and I've been exposed to you know, lots of different uh, marketing agencies. I own a marketing agency myself. Don't, don't do your space of things. Um, but, you know, especially during the last couple of years, it's been flooded with these fly-by-nights. Um, and there's so much of that going on. And how has that really affected, you know, what you're doing in your business as an established leader? in a business. How has that affected you? So it's interesting because a lot of people think it would have in fact impacted me negatively and it hasn't because mm-hmm. a lot of people, a lot more people come into the industry. It's everyone's an expert really quickly. I've seen it in SEO and social media marketing and it cuts, it, you know, trims the fat or thins the herd, if you will. I think mm-hmm. the, the things that happened with COVID and watching businesses get impacted like they did, I saw a tremendous number of businesses and out and disappear overnight. So if you've been in this, I'm almost 20 years in terms of the next two months. So I've been in digital marketing for not just SEO, social media, link building content, the whole nine yards, PPC. And so I've, I've ridden a lot of the waves and have seen a lot of things happen positively and negatively. And I think that seeing a lot of those things happen really helped our business because you know it it, it it was kind of two parts. One part, it really helped because it thinned the herd and took the shysty people out. The other thing is, is it made it a little bit more challenging because, you know, when during that time, people were cutting budgets for all kinds of stuff, you know, for sure. paid search display and so forth. So it it has helped us and it has hurt the industry in terms of the industry as a whole, but it, it has helped me more than anything because if people can trust you, that's the, you know, like they already know you, they like you and they remember, oh, you know, Jason, he does this, this, and this. And then they have a question that comes up in the next six months. You're the guy that they go to. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's interesting how through, you know, everlasting businesses, right? How, you know, all businesses have their ups and downs and and all these things, but, but once you really get that brand name out there, I mean, you, you tend to stand above the crowd some, I mean, there's, there's some, there's some pros and cons to some of those things when they do happen, but 
And, and I know a lot of the marketing channels got flooded and you look at LinkedIn and all these different places and you hear people say, oh, it's just saturated. Well, maybe what you just have just sucks. <laughs> so, <right? laughs> and, you know, I, I always find it is interesting how most businesses just were started out of necessity, right? The ones that like really make it really well. Not the ones that were like, oh, I'm just going to start a business so I can make a bunch of money, right? Yeah. Um, it's always the ones that seem to stick around and do really, really well. They were built out of necessity. I mean, look at, uh, you know, Apple, Microsoft, all of them. They were all started in garages to try to fix a problem that was a necessity, mm-hmm. not trying to like get rich. Um, they might have had. I doubt they even had that in their mind at that time. It was like, gosh, we just got this cool product. Hopefully we can get a few people to buy it. <laughs> yeah. yeah so, I've, I've, I've always liked listening to Earl Nightingale and Jim, the Jim Rohns of the world. Mm-hmm. Who talk about If you provide enough value to enough people in the world, you will make money. Like if, mm-hmm. like to your point, if you're thinking about adding value to the most number of people and you provide a phenomenal service, it comes. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. So what, you know, you, you've been doing the marketing stuff, the SEO things, the, uh, I don't want to just reduce it to SEO because that's what your sign says in the back there. But what have been a couple of changes that you think that most people don't know about mm-hmm. that you could say, look, here's a couple of big changes that would happen uh, that have happened. And this is the reason why it's important. And this is the reason why you probably need to come talk to me. <laughs> so as you mentioned, SEO is, is like the cornerstone of where, where I started, but mm-hmm. I'm on top of technology. And in the last six months, we've been looking really, really heavy at artificial intelligence and content creation. Sure. Google had its, its helpful content update come out months ago. And they were looking, my mindset initially was like, they're doing this because of AI content and it's getting better and better and better. So they have to do everything they can to stop that. So one of the things that I've been talking with a lot of people about is being able to utilize content and AI in a way that is professional, in a way that is realistic looking, in a way that's not going to get you in trouble. It's like anything else. One of the analogies I've been using is you look at Tesla, you get in their car. There have been a few things that have happened in those cars when, in terms of self-driving, but you know, for the most part, not a lot of issues. And it's the same thing with content where the content that you can use through something called, there's a tool uh, called GTP3. And it's high level, a artificial intelligence engine. And GTP4 is going to be coming out this year, which is supposed to blow away three. The reason I bring this up is you can go in and, and ask these engines questions about anything. I could say, hey, give me a 2000 word article in relation to XYZ and give it a command, high level command. And literally within two minutes, I'll have like a 1500 to 2000 word article. And it's all good content, but here's the challenge. If you're a business that is solely related to providing facts that need to be spot checked, in my opinion, using AI to write that content is not good. It's because the artificial intelligence through GTP is only accurate up till 2000. And I think it's 21 or so it's still one year, now almost two years behind. And so 
If you're writing content in relation to broader things like business, success, mindsets, things that don't have to be spot checked, the content comes out and it's really, really good. But the kicker is you have to make sure that the content is ran through Grammarly or some other tool to clean it up. You got to make sure that it's plagiarism free through copyscape.com's website. Um, and so at the end of the day, really, if you're creating content through artificial intelligence and you have multiple pairs of, of eyeballs looking at it, making sure it provides value, then you're not, in my opinion, you're not going to have as many issues with Google because their whole engine is based on providing value to their customers. If you answer a question very quickly and you have content that was written where a person was reviewing it, massaging it, working with it, you didn't just put it in the machine and boom, now you got your content. It's a good day. Uh, spammers have been doing that for the last 20 years that I've been in this industry. So I'm just seeing a, a huge pickup. There's tools now that you can use this GTP 3, 4, anywhere from writing ad copy for all major advertising platforms, for pay-per-click pay marketing, to social media posts, YouTube, anything you can think of where you can create content. The tool can be used to save time. It's, it's, a, it's an absolutely insane thing. And I'm seeing people use this tool where they're doing AI with content and they're integrating in with AI with images. There's tools right now that you can look at which will create a face and it's completely created from scratch. It's not a real human being, but it looks like a real human being. So they're doing like videos, with artificial intelligence. They're taking text, converting it into audio. They have a um, what's called a... Um, not a humitar, which is like an avatar. Like they would, I would take my face, record myself saying a whole bunch of things. And then with AI, I could read, I could take the text and put it into a tool. My own voice would read the text out loud on a video as if you and I were having a conversation right now. Um, so technology with artificial intelligence is changing the world. It's going to be a matter of not whether or not you need to do it, it's going to be a matter. Of, it's going to be really a matter of are you using it correctly? Because everyone is going to be doing it. Yeah, it, it brings up an interesting question, though that I that I'm curious to hear your response on. Because at what point, you know, talking through all this stuff, do we lose the authenticity of the human experience? Right, mm -hmm. and that's always something that kind of concerns me with, you know, like my kids and stuff like that. Um, because I'll tell you, you know, our kids spend a lot of time on screens nowadays and, and that screen time stuff. And we actually, we had a company on here. Uh, I don't know, probably about a month ago. It's called Tony box and Tony box has created this really, it's just a simple thing. It's a little box and they've got the characters, Moana and all the different characters, right? And you put the character on top and then it tells a story. It's like really simple. Mm -hmm. And they sent me one and I can't get my kids off the darn thing. They love it. And <laughs> yeah. there's there's no screen. It's just a little box with a, a you know, a, a speaker in it. And mm -hmm. you can change out the characters and it does the different the different stories and so on and so forth. So it's like, at what point do we get too much to where it's like technology overload and like, you don't even need people anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, I mean, my answer to that is really it's, you can, I, I have the, the mindset that you can use AI um, to be able to do a lot of wonderful things. And as long as you are, 
using it correctly mm-hmm. and that human element, then, you know, everything, everything will work out from that standpoint. But if you take away the human element, that's where I think you're going to have problems. That's when you're, there's not the creativity, you know, you're using AI to help push something further. In my opinion, that makes the most sense. If you're using it correctly, then you won't have any problems. But if, if you're just using it and letting it do its own thing, I really feel like at that point, um, you're going to have more issues. I mean, and I have two children as well. So I'm, I think the same, like, how can we use technology? They're already stuck to these devices. And I'm very big on making sure that they, they block out their time as well. But you guys got, you have to be aware of, of what's too much for you. I think that's probably the best answer I can give. What is too much for you as a parent, as a member of society in terms of that engagement? And where do you draw the line? Yeah, we, we cannot not embrace it, right? We have to embrace it. There's no choice, mm-hmm. right? Otherwise, you know, you take like my youngest, my youngest is three, right? So if I would just say, oh, technology, we're not doing it. I'm hurt. I would be hurting that kid, right? Because they're going to have to grow up with this technology, now it doesn't mean I, I have to, right? But um, I mean, I'm an old. We're, you and I are old dogs, so we could probably get away with not as much, at least, right? So yeah, um, a l- less, I guess. Uh, well, maybe not you in your space, but I sure as hell can. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. but but then, at what point are are we going to tune into a podcast and it's going to be too? to uh ai people having a conversation right content right i suppose it's possible <laughs> probably but but yeah. anyway you know uh one of the great reasons for this podcast in the first place why i even started it was to really you know give back to the business community in a way that we would be able to share like all those arrows, right? So to where a startup founder or, or somebody that's been in for five or 20 or 50, doesn't matter, right? Would be an arrow today that they could miss. So, you know, as as we look in our bucket of business struggles, which you're like me, you've been in business for a couple of decades plus. Um, so you probably got some truckloads of them, but if you could reach in there today and pull one of those out that's valid today um, for a young founder or uh, even an, an old dog like us, what mm. would be a business struggle that you think would be valuable to share with the audience today? I think it would be probably it would be in relation to just having tenacity and grit. Mm. And I think those words are a bit overused in society. You know, the hustle, you got to hustle, yeah. hustle, hustle. I think it, Everybody needs to hustle, yes, but I think showing your true colors and giving yourself time to show something through is what's key. For me, it's been that way with my my entire career. My dad has always told me, anything you do in life, give it a year, at least. You don't give it a year, you haven't given enough time to be able to percolate and see if things are going to come to fruition. A lot of times people will go in and do things way too quickly. They're in, they're out. You're like, what the hell are you doing? Oh, well, I gave, I tried, I tried, I tried. No, 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 no. That's not the word. I do. I tell my family, we do in the Lane household. We don't try anything. If we fail, we failed doing something in terms of the activities. Um, so the key thing is just when when people get at those moments in business where they feel like, hey, it's time to give up, just keep going and going and going because 
you know, like you mentioned, we, we had a conversation before this meeting about another person who's going through a health struggle. We never know what we could potentially go through tomorrow. And if we keep that in mind and, and there are these goals that we want to achieve and we just don't push through those goals, then at the end of the day, you just don't really know how far you can go. One case in point is my neck right here. I don't know if I ever told you or not, but I went through, you know, I had, I had melanoma inside my neck in 2019 mm. and they didn't know if it went into my lymphatic system. And I would have, if it did, I wouldn't be here right now. They told me that point blank. So I had to have one of my lymph nodes cut out. I had to have a section that was taken out of my neck, the size of a silver dollar to make sure that they got through. Thank God the lymph node, everything was good. It didn't travel throughout the rest of my body. But I learned in 2019 that things can happen very quickly that will alter the course of your life. And I had to have that coming of Brett, as I like to call it. I got to realize who I am. I looked at my life, my family, my kids, my friends, my time, everything that I wanted to accomplish in life and said, you know what, what have I accomplished and what's going to happen if I'm gone in the next six months or a year? So I I say that to you, Jason, to your listeners as well, just that you don't really know what's going to happen. You don't know what you're going to go with, go through until you go through it. And if I didn't have that tenacity to keep going forward and doing what I've done in the past, I would, I would be in a much different place for my business because, you know, 2019 and 20, and there's a lot of crazy things that went on during those years and to throw in skin cancer and think, well, is my wife, how long is it going to take for my wife to remarry once I'm gone? Like how long, or or my kids are not going to be raised by me as their father. Holy cow. This is, it was an insane thing. So Coming, I think every business person and every person in life, when you come to that moment where you have that in your life, whether it's it's real, like if you have cancer or whatever, going through that experience, even if you make yourself go through that experience, what would life be like without Jason Miller in six months? And then think, who is he? What is he about? What's his legacy? And then starting to think about accomplishing the things that you wanted to accomplish in your life. It puts things in a very, very different perspective because you come face to face with death, whether it's happening real or it's just happening in your mind. It gives you brevity in life. It gives you brevity with love, your children, your business, and it makes you not care so much about the small things. I have these conversations with my wife all the time. I'm like, why are you so worried about that? It's, I mean, if you're gone in the next week, would you really care that? such and such, you're going through this with our daughter, with schooling or whatnot. You're not even going to care. You're going to be like, no, I could be gone. So it's it's just a good lesson in life of, hey, stick with whatever you've got to do and make sure that you're building, you're building your path for the future and you're happy with what you're building. And you're not just building it, like you said, to get rich. You're building something. You're building a legacy. Yeah, for sure. Building your life. Yeah. That's a great, great way to put it for sure. Um, yeah, you know, my experiences in life, you know, being in combat and all those things, I had kids and stuff during those times. And, and, you know, it was really just this year that I adopted this new saying this year. And that is no matter what, I just drive life like I stole it. That's my, it's my new thing this year is just drive life. Like you stole it because at the end of the day, you know, we're, we can for pretty much certainty say that 
today, the things that are going to happen today are probably pretty secured, but not so much tomorrow. Right. So, so you just kind of, you got to just drive life every day. Like you stole it, have fun doing the things that you're doing. Um, and, and if you do that, you don't ever have to look back and go, man, I should have did this, or I should have did that or, or Mm -hmm. any of those kind of things. And to me, that's, that's priceless. Right. And, and I run into so many people every day that dwell on the past or they're stuck in, you know, stuck in this problem or that problem from last week. And, and the problem's been solved for two weeks already, but it's like still just constantly talking about it or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. and, you know, those are the kind of things that, I mean, they're not good for you mentally and they're probably really not all that great for you physically either. So, so just live life, man. We're only here for, I don't even know what the averages are, but just say you and I average maybe 75, 80 years. Hell, we're doing great, right? Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully we can make it a little farther than that, but but uh, that's not a lot of time, man. <laughs> not no. really. Not not considering, you know, the earth's been around for how many billions of years. So <laughs> yeah. it's pretty short. So. Yeah, but, uh, you know, just just to kind of wrapping things, rolling things down here a bit, I always like to kind of end with this question, and that is, you know, if you could have picked anybody, anybody in the world, any time in the world, uh, any time or place uh, that could have been here and either been a part of this conversation or just maybe just listened in, who who would have you chose to be here and why? That's an easy question for me. I choose Jesus. Like my faith is a huge component of my life. There's questions that I just have that I would like. I know I'm not, I'm going to get answers at some point at the end of my life, but I, you know, being able to ask specific questions about the earth, about, you know, other people, why humans do what they do, just getting a, a better glimpse of those things. That would be just paramount. Um, you know, and I, I look at, you know, you have a relationship with anybody. And I, I actually thought about this question because I remember at the event in Nashville, and I was like, he did ask that question. Why? <laughs> For me, it's very easy because I'm thinking, you know, I'd really like to learn more about when the world was created. You know, I've, it's what, what did things look like? What are those experiences or like, hey, how are things going to be like in the future just with humanity? Because um, I, I just have a huge component on my life to making an impact in people's lives. I think another one would be what could I do? I'd ask him, what could I do to make a greater impact in other people's lives? You know, whether it be through my services, our businesses, um, which leads me all back to the question is I have to ask these questions to myself first. And then I would ask them to him. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's powerful, man, for sure. And uh, if, if you didn't feel the power in that, well, you just don't have a soul. <laughs> That's for sure. And I often say I left mine in combat and I felt it. Uh, <laughs> I guess it resonated back from over there. <laughs> but but yeah, no, I mean, it's a, it's a great choice, right? I mean, no matter what your faith is or it doesn't really matter, right? It's about having that it's about having that bit of higher calling right to know that 
I mean, nobody just wants to think that when it's over, it's over. I mean, it's not much to look forward to. That's for sure. So having that higher calling of whoever it is you, you want to, you know, worship or think about or whatever the case may be. So um, a lot of power in that. And there's a lot of power in that from the, from here, right. Mm -hmm. To, To have that for sure. So, well, Hey, Brett, you know, how do people reach out to you to get a hold of you to work with your genius brother? Easiest way is to just go to the that ad web address behind my head, seooutsourcing.com. There's contact information for us. Um, and like we talked about earlier, it's more than just SEO. It's anything related to digital, um, doing a lot more things related to brand building with social media. So one key thing that I want to point out before I leave is my team and I have been looking at algorithms of social media sites for years, not just Google. Now we're looking at Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. And we're finding out ways of decoding those algorithms. And that's, it's been more fun than it has with Google because um, there's a lot of changes, different platforms and users. So that's the easiest way that they can reach out to me. Cool. Yeah. When you figure out the LinkedIn one, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> because none of us can seem to figure that one out. <laughs> pretty crazy. It seems like that one changes every two days. <laughs> yeah almost as much as google yeah probably but anyway well hey it was great having you on the show brother as i always like to say there's 168 hours in a week thanks for stopping by and spending 30 here um all got lots of things going on and i appreciate you taking a little bit of time to share some of your knowledge with our audience my pleasure thanks for having me today all right cheers brother All right. Take care, man. Thanks for listening to War Room Moments with your host, Jason Miller. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates and we'll see you on the next episode.